All right. Amen. Never get, never pass up an opportunity to pray for the children. And uh, there, there's a reason that uh, we're doing that for more than just blessing the children. But you'll find out that when you begin to pray for other people and other, you know, other ministries and you get outside of yourself, you know, most of the times we pray for ourselves. You know, I challenge people, don't pray for yourself for a week. And they go through withdrawals. I didn't say don't pray. They said, what about the scripture says when you, you have asked? Well, you know, make your request be made. Well, make your request for somebody else. Try praying for someone else's prosperity. Praying for someone else's healing. You know, Job, things happen. Things change in his life, not because of a sovereign act of God, but his heart was turned to his friends. He got his eyes off of himself, began to pray for other people. Things begin to happen in his life. Amen. But another thing that happens when you pray for the children, you know, you're opening yourself up. Maybe I shouldn't tell you this because then you won't pray for children. But usually when you start praying for a ministry or an outreach or something like that, then your heart gets turned toward that. And then pretty soon you end up serving that. And that's what we're all about anyway is serving others. Right? Amen, church? Amen. Amen. Uh, we also have a deacon's meeting right after the church tonight. If you're uh, a deacon, hmm? did I say tonight? No, I'm just prophetically speaking how long I'm going to go. Sorry. <laughs> All right. I guess I, I noticed y'all didn't receive that word. But after the service today, we have a TK's going. <laughs> We have an elders meeting. It won't be long. Uh, promise we'll be out. And Deacons meetings. All right. So please don't run away. All right. Uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity you've given us to, to get into your word. And oh, Father, I thank you so much for being here with us. As we begin to magnify you, we, we begin to realize that you were already here. And thank you so much for the presence of your spirit in us, working through us, touching the people around us this morning. I thank you for the faithfulness of the people. I thank you for their faithful giving, just not of finances, but of their heart of their time. I thank you, Father, for all the people that, that made this physical building possible in the past. I'm thank you. Thank you for that. Father, I thank you for the ministry that this church has gone forth in. And I thank you for the ministry we've yet to see. Father, we pray for all the churches right now as they're magnifying you in the Word. We speak prosperity on all of them. Prosperous in the word. I, mean, I thank you that their needs are met. Father, I thank you for the offering that came in this morning. I thank you that it's going, it meets our need, that you are our shepherd. Father, I pray for the anointing to be sensed in every congregation in the Durant area, in this county right now. We stand in agreement with all the other churches 
that you are God, your Lord. Holy Spirit, you're the great teacher. We ask that you open the eyes of our understanding to the things that we know, because we know so much, but we understand so little. And so we ask you to open, bring us revelation knowledge. And may it change our life forever. And all God's people said, Amen. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6. This is the last Sunday uh, that we're going to, uh, that we're ending up a series on. Uh, it's called The War is Over. Basically, it's dealing with the gospel of peace. Most people in churchdom has never, have never really even heard of the gospel of peace. And without a doubt, it is the foremost message that God is trying to communicate to His people. And that is the gospel of peace. To the degree that He didn't speak for 400 years in between the Old Testament and the New Testament, He didn't speak a word through His prophets. He held His voice for 400 years. And the message He brought out of the heavens was peace on earth and goodwill towards man because he was going to deal then with what was separating man from God and that was sin and that is the message of the gospel not only did he shout that from the heavens with all the angels shouting it he ratified it in a covenant see the gospel comes see the gospel means the good news and it's the good news that there's a covenant it's called the new covenant and a lot of people understand that there's a new covenant, that there's a difference between the old and the new, and you can't mix them. You shouldn't anyway, because if you mix them, you're defeating the purpose of the new. And the new covenant is the gospel of peace. And the new covenant is declared in Isaiah 54, and we read that several weeks ago, about the gospel or the covenant of peace. And... And throughout the New Covenant, or the New Testament, there's mentions, mentionings of the covenant of peace, or the gospel of peace. Last week we talked about Romans chapter 10. It how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. But most people in churchdom have never heard the gospel of peace. But it's so important in the book of Ephesians, it says before you can be, you know, it talks about the armor of God in, in, in chapter 6. We're going to read here in just a second. It talks about the armor of God. And, one, and they're all important. But the one we're focusing in on this morning is the, the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. See, that's just not in there to tell you what kind of shoes they are, but that's instructions. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. See, we can't just say the gospel of peace without saying the preparation. Now that word preparation, if you do any type of a word study on the word preparation, you'll see that that actually means to be, to, to, to have an established mind. To Whatever you're doing, the word preparation of the gospel of peace, that phrase means to, that you have prepared your mind, that you have reconfigured your mind, you have set in your mind, you have solidified, you have come to a, a place in your mind that you can't be moved. 
You have established in your mind, you've established in your thought patterns, your soul on the fact that God is at peace with you because of what Jesus did. See, all the authority, the standing against principalities and powers, is not because of your holy walk. It's because of the authority of Jesus Christ. See, I believe with all my heart, see, one of the things we're going to begin in February, on Wednesday nights, we're going to start a series of teachings on the heart, the issues of the heart. I want to encourage you to be here. I guarantee you, if you know me, have known me for any length of time, some of you have gotten to know me a little better than others, but we'll, we'll get everybody sooner or later, that we're a little different. And I guarantee you, you will hear some things you've never heard before that are all biblical that will change your life. I guarantee it. And it is all new covenant. All new covenant. And it is so important to have our mind fixed. Matter of fact, it says not, in the book of Romans, doesn't it say this? Not to be transformed. I mean, not to be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed. Transformed by the renewing of the mind. Now, I, I could do this, and we'll, we'll do it uh, on a Wednesday night. Do we have any tissues anywhere? Okay, it doesn't matter. Everybody, everybody look up here. See, if, if I take Play-Doh, everybody know Play-Doh is, right? Okay. If I take Play-Doh, doesn't matter what color, and put it in my hand and, and squeeze firmly with the Play-Doh, I'm applying pressure on the outside of the Play-Doh. Correct? But that Play-Doh is, when I, when I release it and I hold it up there, you're going to see every groove, every fingerprint, every, every wrinkle, every everything, every joint. It's going to give you an impression of what put the pressure on it. That's why we call it peer pressure. Because you're being pressured into looking like something you're not. It's still Play-Doh. It's not my hand. And see, the word, don't be changed or conformed. It means don't be changed by the pressure from the outside, but be transformed. Transformation is power from the inside, being changed from the inside out. See, this is where change begins. It's not on the outside. You can, you can go out there and stop all the stuff. You're, oh, this isn't right. This is, this is wrong. I better not do it. Listen, you, you can do that all your life and be in bondage. See, just, beca just because you go into a doghouse and bark doesn't make you a dog. <laughs> See, what you do doesn't make you who you are. Who you are should determine what you do. The most natural thing for a sinner to do is how many people in here are sinners? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> now you know why you have problems sinning because you still see yourself as a sinner. So a man thinks in his soul mm, see yourself as righteous. See yourself as nobility. Have you ever seen yourself noble? Walking noble? Don't you see people that walk noble? Don't you, can't you just imagine them walking like, <clears throat> my dad's the king. 
That's not arrogance. That's confidence in your relationship. You may mess up, but he's still your king. You're still his son. And we're going to work, we're going to work on the messing up part, but we're going to work on this first. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm meddling. Let's go on. It says here, it says, the preparation of put on your feet. See, see, if I can mess up your feet, it doesn't matter how much you're lifting. You know, go ahead, lift 400 pounds over your head. Brag all you want to. When that 400 pounds is over your head, I'm going to hit your toe with a hammer. Guess what? Down comes the 400 pounds. If, if your feet, see, if in your mind you're not firmly fastened to the gospel of peace, circumstances from the world will choke out the very word of God in your heart. Your thought pattern has to be fixed on the gospel of peace. And prepare was the word. Thank you. Preparation. I just, thank you. That was the word to confirm this. The preparation. How do you, what do you do in your heart? You prepare your heart with the gospel of peace. The more you learn about how, how much God already loves you, the better you're going to be. Or the, 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 not the better, but the more confident you're going to be. Let me show you some other things. Uh, if you want to, real quickly, turn to, Colossians chapter 3, I believe it's verse 15. I see I've got a little ribbon to mark all my stuff, so it's easy for me to get there. Verse 14, but, ab but above all these things put on love. We talked about love last, last week. See, love cast out what? All fear. And the shepherds were afraid, Mary was afraid. Every time God showed up, people were afraid. And in the New Covenant, he says, don't be afraid. Why? Because perfect love has showed up. It says here in verse 14, in Colossians chapter 3, But above all these things, put on love. Well, we just talked about that. Which is the bond of perfection. But let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Where is it supposed to rule? In your heart. To which also you were called in one body and be thankful. Next two weeks we're going to be hearing messages on being thankful. It's going to be called, we call it thankfulness, the wine of life. You want to change your life on the outside faster than anything else? You want to affect people. You want to affect your job. You want to affect the people around you. You want to affect your life quicker than anything else. Start being thankful for what you have. Start being thankful for God in any circumstance. And you'll see people change. Husbands, you start being thankful for your wife. I guarantee you things will change. Wives, start being thankful for your husband. I guarantee you. See, something happens in thankfulness. Your acknowledgement that they're not yours. See, if I'm thankful for this chair, that means it's not mine. I'm surrendering the fact that it's somebody else's. And because it's somebody else's, I'm honoring it. And because I've honored it, it means I've given it more value than I normally would. 
Should I meddle? Next week. Thank you. We'll meddle next week. If you want to hear me meddle, come back next week. Let the peace of God rule your heart. That word rule is real important. One of the things you're going to, we're going to begin to learn on Wednesday night is that everywhere the Bible talks about thoughts, the word thoughts literally can be understood as when you understand the processes of, your, of how you work as a human being. See, we're a spirit, we're a soul, and we're a body. We're what is called as a trichotomy. And I, I'm, I think most of you already understand that. And there's a place where the spirit and the soul overlap, and we'll draw this on the, on the board, but... And right where the spirit and soul, there's something, that has, there's something that has the spirit and soul in common. They have something in common. And that's called your heart. The heart is what, if you take a circle this way and a circle this way, where they overlap each other, you can put a heart in there. And that's what makes, this, that's what connects the spirit and the soul together. And that's why the heart is so important. That's why Jesus came to heal the broken See, it's not about getting Scripture in your thoughts. It's about getting Scripture in your heart. Because that's the real you. The Bible even says it's the hidden person in your heart. See, there's a hidden person in there. We're going to talk about that on Wednesday nights. But see, right there is where we need to hide the word in your heart, not your head. It's not about memorizing Scripture. It's about taking one word. Oh, he loves me. If I could just get, get people to take a, a, a scripture out of Colossians that says, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Oh my gosh. If you could just get that one, just meditate on that for 10 years and nothing else. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Oh, what a change. What a change. Now see, in, in the book of uh, I'll just this, in the book of Hebrews, before we turn to Hebrews, I'll finish that. The, the word thought means gatekeeper. You know, a gatekeeper, if you can imagine a fence and then a gate in that fence. Thoughts are gatekeepers to your heart. So in other words, the thoughts you allow, your belief system, the thoughts, what you think will allow certain things to come in. If you don't think that way, it won't allow those thoughts. If you, have you ever had contrary thoughts? Have you ever, have you ever heard, heard something that went against something you believed? <laughs> Probably in the last four weeks. <laughs> and you rejected it. Why? Because it was contrary to your gatekeeper. See, you can hear the truth, but it's not going to set you free unless you let it in. See, just because you believe something doesn't mean it's truth. Wake up to that reality. Just because I believe something doesn't mean it's truth. A lot of people believe stuff that's not even in the Bible. Well, that's what I believe, because that's what my daddy believed. That's what my mama, that's what my great, 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 my whole family. Did it set you free? The truth is that you pray. We're going to talk about that on Wednesday nights. In the book of Hebrews chapter 6, there's a key verse here. 
It says in chapter 6, verse, we'll start with verse, uh, verse 16. For men indeed swear by greater, <clears throat> and an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all disputes. Thus God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise, the immutability of His counsel, confirmed it by an oath. Verse 18 that by, and two, by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul. The anchor of the what? That hope. Now last week we talked about fear and how love cast out all fear. And fear was a confident expectation of a negative to come. The only reason you're fearful, and the more fearful you are, the more confident you are something negative is going to happen. Does anybody get afraid when they say a tornado is coming your way? And the closer you think it might be getting, whether there's a tornado there or not, it may not even really be there. But the closer you think it's getting, the more fearful you react. Because you have a confident expectation of something negative that hasn't happened, but it might. But you have more confidence in a negative. And see, hope is just the opposite. Hope, the Bible says here, it, I'll just read it again. It says, lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters behind the veil. Now, when you understand spirit, soul, and body in the realm of your heart, See, your soul is your thoughts, your feelings, your emotion, and the area of your will. So what this verse is saying is that hope is an anchor. Everybody understand anchors? What does an anchor do for all those fishermen out there? Casey, I asked Casey to come up here and give us a whole seminar on different types and qualities and sizes of anchors. Casey, is it important to have the right size anchor in the right size storm? In the right size boat? You can't have too big, you got too big of an anchor in the wrong boat, it's not going to work real good for you. You got too little of an anchor, the right kind, different scenarios. See, hope is an anchor to the soul. Another thing anchors do, other than keep you, you calm in a storm, it keeps you right on the honey hole. Does anybody know what I mean by the honey hole? When you're crappie fishing, all the crappie fishermen say, Amen. It keeps you right there next to that stump, right on the right side of the stump. Because left side there's nothing, but right there on the right side, that's where they're at. I know a little bit about crappie fishing, but you can show me some more if you want to. So I open that invitation. But see, anchors keep you sure and steadfast. It keeps you sure and steadfast. Where? 
The verse just said, in the presence of God, in the midst of a storm. So hope in the midst of a storm will keep you in the presence of God. But we don't have hope because we don't understand the gospel of peace. We think we've ruined our relationship with God because of something we did. No. The scripture says nothing will separate you from the love of God because something He did. See, hope is an anchor to our soul. It is what we prepare around our feet. It's what we put in our mind. We need to understand that we can approach the throne of grace boldly in the time of need. What's it mean in the time of need? Right when you're sinning. Right when you need God the most, you can boldly, Jesus, help me. Yes. You don't need help when you're not sinning. <laughs> you need help when you're messing up. Amen? Amen. It's easy not to need, oh, yeah, I got, no. You need, you need, that's when you need grace. You need grace. You need God's ability when you don't have the, it, and your inability to overcome you need his ability. Because you don't have the ability. You need to trust in God's ability. Our hearts need to be firmly fixed on the ability of God. Our, our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions. You know, gr uh, peace needs to rule our, our thoughts. Rule means govern how you think the rest of the time. When it says that the peace of God rule, let, let. It says let, let, let. It's, God's not, oh God, make the peace of God rule my heart. No, you have to let. You have to let it. You have to surrender to it. You have to get the information you need. You need to study the word. Hear the scripture about the peace of God, the, 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 the Calvary and what Jesus did for you. And all, you know, the scripture says study to show yourself approved. A workman rightly dividing the word of truth. Doesn't it say that? But do you ever stop and think about that? Can you study enough to make yourself approved to God? You can't study that hard because Jesus made you approved to God. So what's it really saying? It's a study to show yourself that you're approved by God and that you're a worker and you can rightly divide the old covenant from the new. From this truth to that truth. From this glory to this glory. The scripture says we go from glory to... Glory. People say that's just a magnification of the old... No, it's a different glory. It's not the same. The, the old covenant glory was glorious. But not according to the glory that remains. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We'll get into there. That will be fun. Ephesians says, hope is an anchor to your soul. Don't raise any hands. But does anybody have emotional trauma in your life? Happy, sad, happy, sad. Little things affect you greatly and you go on these great swings of, of emotional roller coaster. See, the scripture says a double-minded man will be what? Unstable. No. But if you let the peace of God rule 
it'll keep you steadfast in the midst of a storm. Christians, in my experience of counseling, I've only had about 25 years experience in it, so I know I've got a long way to go. But Christians are usually the most unstable people emotionally. And we should be the most stable. That's our witness to the community. When the storms come, we shouldn't panic. We should press on. We should be an island of hope, an oasis of love. We should be a shining star in the midst of darkness. But most of the time, we just look like everybody else. Mm. Come on, hope. Hope is an anchor of the soul, keeping us sure and steadfast. Hope is a confident expectation of good things to come. I like what old Robert said. He just passed away just recently. Back in the early 70s, something good is going to happen. One of the first people to start preaching the message of the goodness of God. Getting people to see something good is going to happen. See, it's, it's easy to see something bad, isn't it? Yeah. Listen, something good is going to happen. I have a confident expectation that something good is going to happen in your life. I know it. I know it. Something good. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Philippians, let me read this verse. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, let me start with verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. This is a little commercial for next week. But let me show you how it fits with what we're doing this week. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all of your understanding, will guard your heart. So what the Word is telling us is that if we let the peace of God rule our heart, the peace of God, the amount of peace that we let rule our heart is the amount of peace that will guard our heart. Has anybody been in a relationship that is not the anointing, by the way? It's not a demon. But the amount of peace you let rule your heart is the amount of peace that will guard your heart. Has there, anybody ever been in a relationship before? I know maybe your first love back whenever it was. 
You ever been heartbroken before? I can show you how to keep that from happening. Let the peace of God rule your heart and the peace of, heart, peace of God will guard your heart. Mm. It'll keep, it'll quench every fiery dart that the Satan has for you. See, you're, sometimes we're so worried about getting a broken heart, we don't reach out and touch people no more because we've been rejected so many times. See, and when you're so worried about you getting accepted, you're not going to do anything for anybody else until you know you're taken care of. And if you don't have the peace of God in your, your life, you'll never get your heart in a place that you can reach out and touch other people. The whole passage of Scripture talking about turning the other cheek when someone hits you, it's not about standing there getting beat. It's about you not receiving the rejection so you can turn around and keep on loving even though they reject you. Because your rejection is not, your self-worth is not based on their acceptance because you know you're accepted here. See, when you get this good, this will be easy. That's why Jesus said, my yoke is... I know some people have suffered shipwreckedness in their Christian walk because they can't live... I, I can't go to that church no more. I can't live up to their standards. It's not about living up to standards. It's about living in a relationship with God. Knowing who you are in Christ. Knowing that you're totally loved, fully pleasing. And then walking it out in everyday life. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity you've given us to open your word. Holy Spirit, truly, you are the great teacher. I ask that you take what you've started and bring it back to remembrance as we go throughout the week. May we meditate, contemplate, dwell on, think about your word all week long. Father, just take your word. Hold it up before us so we can read it and see it and feel it and experience it. May your word become something that we live for. May Sunday be a time we get together and share your word and your love and relationship. Just not a time of sacrifice and something I do on the weekend. But may it be an active part. May it be a lifeline. May we be an oasis from, this, from the world. May we be like an embassy. May this place be like an embassy. People come get what they need so they can go out and shine. They need more, they come back and get more and they shine. May we realize that when we go through these doors as we leave, we're going into the mission field. We're not going home. We're going to the mission field. Thank you, Father. Father, we give you praise and we give you glory. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, now is the time. We want to give you that opportunity. If there's anybody here that has never made a per personal declaration that Jesus, you're my Lord, 
Raise up your hand right now. Father, I thank you that you have moved on everyone that's here. I thank you that you've equipped us. I thank you. You will bring to light the opportunities to serve you as we go from this place. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you. Make sure you hug, hug a neck, shake a hand. Yes, absolutely. Hold on. Let's go. Hello.